Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers. Anyone out there in property sourcing land, sourcing property deals for profit, this is the podcast for you. Uh, And I'm super, super excited this morning because I've got a fabulous guest on uh, my podcast episode today. Somebody I really, when I first met them, I really, really wanted to work with them. I've been working with them for a little while and um, she is doing a fantastic job in her property business. So property sourcing profiteers out there, put your hands together for the wonderful Cheryl Kane. Yay! Good morning. Morning, Cheryl. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Fab. Yeah, we're all good. We're on tenterhooks. Wanted to know all about your property business and uh, what it is you do and how you do it. So, uh, come on, Cheryl. Um, I know who you are, but our listeners probably don't know very much about you. Your profile's not quite there yet, uh, but we're going to get it there, right? So, (laughs) what is it that you do? When um, let's talk about what you do now, and then we'll just wind back and and find out how it all started. Okay. So uh, obviously my name is Cheryl Kane. I am based in uh, Skelmersdale. I am a letting agent. So by trade, that is what I started with. That's what I do. That's what I specialize in. Um, so I've been kind of in property for about 10 years. Um, we do a little bit of, of deal sourcing at the moment. We do a couple of developments we've got on the go, but my main kind of um, my, I specialise in letting in the letting agency side of it. Um, so we've got um, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I can see you during this interview. Our, our, our property sourcing profiteers can't see you, Cheryl. You must have started really young. You can't <laughs> possibly have been doing this for ten years. Right? So, yeah. so when you, when you, how did you get into why property? Why, as a young person, what happened? So I actually used to work in care. I um, went to university. I did a counselling psychology degree um, and I started my master's in cognitive behavioural therapy. Halfway through that, I fell pregnant with my first child. So that completely changed my outlook and what, what was important. And I left university and, and started having my, um, my family. Um, I carried on working in care throughout that. And kind of just at one point I just decided that that wasn't for me and at that that point my oldest brother had a couple of properties that he was renting out through a well-known estate agency letting agency and I just took over them and started managing them and that's how I how I started. Okay so your brother said to you one day got up one day and he said uh I'm fed up with this letting agent you've got a you're halfway to a master's degree in psychology and cognitive therapy yeah. right? Cheryl, I think you'd be the ideal person to look after <laughs> my house. How did, that, how did that conversation happen? I just decided one day that I could do it and I just took it for I said, I, I, I can do that for you. So I did. I just took it. Um, he had five properties at the time. We've built that up to around about 25 properties now. Um, oh, wow. So yeah. are, you, are you investing together or is he the arch investor? How is this from? He's the main investor um he kind of puts his whole trust in me as done since the very beginning um 
I told him that I, I thought I could do it. And he said, gave me the five properties and kind of went off you go. Um, so within that, I did my Arla training, my, my Arla property mark training, um, qualified in that. So obviously our agency was regulated by Arla property mark. Um, we didn't actually set up the lettings in uh, agency though until about three years ago. So even though I've been managing his properties for all that time, um, within that time, I went and got a lot of work experience within different letting agencies to kind of see how it all worked and how people, how, you know, how the business worked from inside. And it was probably about three years ago, I decided that I, I was quite confident that I could set this up on, on, my, on our own and do oh, it. How, how interesting is that? So you've got your, your brother's properties here, but on this side, uh, you were working for, with? for other yeah. letting agents you were, you were working as a letting agent person right and learning the business that way yeah yeah and then presumably at some point you said to your brother we can do it better than they can yeah yeah, yeah really so. is that what happened i made yeah. that up but is that actually yeah, yeah. cool yeah it was kind of got to a point it was we were we were climbing up to kind of about 15 properties and i just said i, I can do i can do this we can do this so I kind of jumped ship from the letting agency that I was working in at the time and we set up on our own. So we was kind of the, the silent cash investor who set it, helped set it all up and then I've just been running it ever since. Cool. Um, and, and round figures, Cheryl. So you, you, your brother's got 25. How, how many properties roughly have you got under management now? We've got about 60 under management at the moment. Okay, so that's certainly enough to keep you busy. I mean, that is a yeah. proper business, right? Yeah, um, yeah I get that um yeah. so just moving forward so you did that for you're working with your brother about three years now uh we probably met oh was it this time last year maybe after yeah. that yeah, yeah this time last year yeah just correct me if i got it wrong um and you came along and did my and katie's i think it was katie at the time was it yeah yeah. Mine and Katie's deal packaging training. Why, Cheryl? Why would you want to do deal packaging training? <laughs> so um, the main reason was because I'd been deal packaging kind of for my older brother for his portfolio for that kind of seven years that I've been looking after his properties at that point, or say say kind of that that long. Um, so we'd I'd been buying properties for him, um, offering this service, but kind of just through his business that he had set up. So I'd been buying the properties, refurbing them if it if they needed it, tenanting them, and then managing them um, going forward. So I, at this point, I kind of just thought I can do this for other people, because yeah. um, we obviously you're not always in a position where you can buy properties yourself. So it's I wanted more of an investor list that I could pass on this you know these properties to, and I thought you know. I seen you on Facebook actually, um, and then I went to the Masopi um, training weekend in Liverpool. Um, and oh seen wow! Is that when it was? There it was. Yeah. So yeah, I was just going through. <laughs> I was going through my records over the last couple of weeks, and I found my train ticket to Liverpool <laughs> was in the pocket of one of my pairs of jeans that hasn't fitted me for a while but now it does right? so <laughs> and it was a, the stub of my train ticket and 
on my senior rail card chair, I went, I went first class. How cool was that? Oh, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> off. Right. Yes, I remember the Liverpool weekend. Really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't realise that was when we met. Right. Yeah, so I kind of seen that and, and then you did your kind of, um, you and there was t obviously Tony Gargan was the one that kind of yeah. took the day, didn't she, on the weekend. Um, and then I seen you do your deal packaging thing and that's the one thing that I'd gone for really. So I signed up for it straight away and then um, I went in the, I think it was the August, wasn't it, of that year? I think it was August. That you I went. Told, Cheryl, you could have told me. Right. I mean, you have me at hello, is what you're saying. I went, I went <laughs> yeah, to do yeah. the deal packaging train. <laughs> it was me all stressed up trying to, you know, encourage people over the line. You're sitting there thinking, I'm going to do it anyway, Dave. I don't have to listen to this. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so let's talk about how you started. What were the challenges, Cheryl? What were the successes? What kept you going? What, what, um, because you're, you're on our mastermind now. So you, you, we speak fairly regularly. Uh, although you've not chat, you've not really troubled me very much. You just sort of get on with stuff. Cool. Yeah, we've actually you know what though we've had um, a few deals that have that have um, happened over the the lockdown period, which has been quite surprising for me. Um, I wasn't expecting any deals to to happen, um, but obviously just from the the reputation that I've got at the moment, just that people know that I buy properties. People have approached me um, during the during the time, and I've done three deals during during the lockdown period that are all kind of coming to completion now. Yeah, rents are, the rents have gone up massively over the last couple of months since. Especially, you know what? Since lockdown as well, I've found people just want to move. So all of a sudden, it's from like um, people who haven't got gardens and got so gardens at the moment are huge for, for, with me so people who've been locked in um people who've been locked in flats in houses with little courtyard gardens all of a sudden want to move to houses with gardens and front you know whatever else outside space so we've just been dead busy and they're willing to pay more for properties with nice gardens so if i could give anyone a bit more of advice if you want to add it on <laughs> buy a property with garden. <laughs> Because this is really, really useful, right? Yeah. Um, and um, I think I might have shared with you, I'm quite pally with an estate agent in Brighton, who one Friday took it upon himself to answer the phone, right? So he's, it's his estate agency, he doesn't usually answer the phone yeah. to the public, right? Uh, but he did, and he took nine phone calls on a Friday morning, one after another. Seven of them were people in London that wanted to move to the coast, uh, and have a garden. Yeah. Uh, now, how many of those actually, you know, go through with that? I don't know, but it's very interesting to hear that from you. Yeah. Uh, that it's happening, you know, in the northwest. Yeah. So the where I live is quite it, like we're not a city-based. Obviously, we're not city-based. It's quite, you know, there's it's green. There's grass everywhere. There's green everywhere. That we've got woods. I've got woods outside the house. So it's like it, it's not a city kind of feel about it anyway so you could walk five minutes and be on on a field here but still it's it's really important to people that they want back gardens at the moment so when i've been looking i've been making sure there's kind of outside space when, when we buy properties so fantastic right yeah. fantastic and i'm gonna i'm just gonna pause on that because that's okay. really, really important for people to hear 
because I'm hearing, right, oh, I can't do deals in lockdown, Dave. I can't do that. I would say, uh, Cheryl, that we've been doing stuff in Peterborough, not at the pace that we were doing it before, to be fair. Um, but we've been doing stuff, and investors are prepared to buy if the numbers meet their criteria now. So how have you managed to get over the big obstacles that I, people say they have of, the market being so hot and everything sort of going like that and prices being really at top level have you have you found that how have you managed to find three yeah. properties that someone would buy i agree i think the property is the prices are i think they're overpriced at the moment for what what you get we've gone direct to vendor on all of them all three of them um strangely enough one of them was through um somebody that i met on the mastermind he worked with somebody who was from my area who contacted me um, and we did a deal that way and just knowing people. So because the, the town that I mainly operate in, um, I've lived here for the whole of my life. So I know every area, every street, every, m most people that live here um, will know someone who knows someone who knows someone type that type of area. So um somebody I know who came to me during lockdown whose um, granddad had died and the property is one of the ones that it's a, a buy refurbish refinance um, and I knew the investor that would that would take it straight away so passed on on the details to them and they're due to complete on that um, next week so that's quite exciting for them to get started on that yeah so a couple of very powerful things you said there it's about who you know right yeah. and your network and i i just want to emphasize that to all property sourcing profiteers listening right you the more people you know in the industry the more likely you are to succeed right and if people know and like you <laughs> if you're a knob you might as well give up now right but if <laughs> if people are going to like you and want to work with you okay uh then th th that is your business you know your yeah. phone book your phone book is your business and Sh cheryl's got that and and i hear that loud and clear um so that's really cool uh talk to me about the investors though because look there are a lot of friends who have gone through my training right and they've got the same information that you've got but I do get people saying to me, oh, I can't find the investors and the investors are a waste of time and they haven't got any money and they're all tire kickers, Dave. All I, my life's full of tire kickers, right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you get over that? Um, my, so it, it, mainly the investors that we've got are people we know um, and know what I do, but they've all got their own businesses their own jobs their own lives that they don't have time to invest and they can't be bothered really kind of going and doing the training or finding out how to do it they just know that I do it so they put their trust in me to go and do it Facebook social media is another big thing obviously I can do a lot better on social media and I need <laughs> this, is a, this, is, this is not one-to-one -one, right? okay. um, I saw yeah. the look on your face there <laughs> looking at you as if to say oh, i promise i'll do it um yeah but obviously being out on social media just increases your your, your obviously your try that again um obviously just being out, yeah. yeah so obviously sure. just being out on social media increases your profile um can, can i just wind back to something you said right at the start of that you yeah. said you're working with people you know 
which kind of just restates the question really how how do you get to know people who want to invest in property you know and we're looking for an answer for everyone who's listening right networking for me so just right. knowing people in the area going to um networking events and speaking to people within the area that so not necessarily property related networking events um events kind of with business owners and and um anybody who who's looking for anyone who's invested in a business or they've got a, a, a really great job but they haven't got time to invest in property they're the people that i kind of speak to interesting uh, in, now that is really interesting because there's echoes there yeah. in um what my good friend rebecca smith says rebecca smith the the masterclass trainer there's another yeah. rebecca smith in our community uh now uh, at progressive hi both rebecca's hi um <laughs> But the Rebecca Smith, if I dare put it in those terms, she says that she uh, found the money, because she's all about the money these days, the money side of the transaction, by going to business network events, um, you know, places where she would find successful business people who generated cash, and they, they understand property in that it's a good thing, but they yeah. don't understand how it works, right? And they want to get into property. And then she uses property network meetings is what she says to build a power team her um if she wants builders structural engineers surveyors money guys right uh, finance guys she gets that from the property side of things so i just thought i'd throw it out there to people who are listening um now cheryl i'm going to put, put you on the spot here how, how many of these investors came from the former letting agents that you used to work with? Did you carry any people with you and look across the way? There's, there's a little smirky smile on my Zoom you know what? camera. No. Go on. Nobody, nobody. Nobody, okay. No. Every property that I've took, every investor, every landlord is, uh, are all new. Not, not one, which is very surprising. Um, they're all kinds of, because the letting agency that I worked in was slightly out of area. Um, so I used to travel there back and forth every day. Yeah. So when I've set up my own Latin agency within my area, I basically started from scratch. Um, so that was that was very challenging, kind of building your brands and building your your. That's a huge job. That's a yeah. and congratulations to you. So you've got sixty properties there. I know twenty five of your brothers, but you know you've built up a really good network there. So when you meet somebody who might want your services as a letting agent or yep. deal package or what, a property person, right? How do you present yourself to, what do you say to them, Cheryl? What do you say? Because people want to know, what do I say? What do I say to them? Yeah. I just explain what it is that we do. So we, I explain, obviously, that investing in property is a great investment. In our area, we kind of get about 10% yields, gross yields on our properties. Um, I let them know that. I let them know a little bit about the area, what it is that we do, what type of properties, what you know, brick whether the brick construction, non-typical, um, non-typical construction kinds of your your concrete type ones. Um, I let them know about you know down to the street. You've got to know your area down to the street, haven't you? Kinds of what is good, what is not. I know where great to buy, where not great to buy. Um, I let them know obviously that. If you're looking for a hands-off type of service, we offer the full end-to-end -end service. So from finding a property, we can refurb it, we can put you in touch with finance guys, we can put you in touch with solicitors, 
um, we can put the contractors in there to sort the refurb. We then can find the tenant, move them in and manage the property going forward. So we've got the full end to end um, service that we can offer. So that's some, to, to people who have got a busy, busy life, you know, you've got businesses to run, um, jobs to do to them is like music to their ears, isn't it? They, they, they want to invest, but they don't know how, and they don't really have the time. So we take all that away from them really and do it all for them. Well, I'm sold. Uh, you got me. Right. <laughs> um, well, that you're absolutely right. And and the most interesting thing to me, although it was all it's all very powerful, about what you said was at the beginning when you you talked about knowing your area, knowing your streets, knowing which streets are good and which streets are, are bad. And 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 oh, bad. Okay, you wouldn't want to invest. Yeah. Okay, because every every town, every city's got that. Um, yeah. And I. I, this hit me in the face how important this was because I'd spent some 10 years working in and around Greater Manchester where I knew that stuff, right? Yeah. I knew every street and I knew what areas to invest and where not to. Sometimes, bitterly, from bitter experience, I had bought, I had bought in areas that no, I wouldn't buy it, you know, yeah. areas that are now subject to selective licensing for single lets, which, you know, um, were not, it didn't exist at the time but they, they're right okay um and then i went and started packaging in peterborough and i was off the pace cheryl yeah. because i didn't i didn't really know peterborough right and it's taken me a couple of years you know if i'm honest and i've not been at it full time you know you know i work on my packaging stuff five days a month maybe um so you know i had to spend time driving around peterborough and getting to know the place so that what you said there is really really important um so let's talk about are we talking about liverpool what is your area cheryl and okay so 10 percent gross yield is the holy grail right but are you really still getting 10 percent gross yield is there any chance of capital growth over time is there forced appreciation of property prices because there's some regen planned or in the making go tell us about where you're working and, and, and what the area is like yes so i operate mainly in um Skelmersdale, which is in the middle of um liverpool the center of liverpool it probably takes about 25 minutes to drive to the center of liverpool um and then wigan greater manchester which obviously would take about 15 minutes is, is that where the manchester ship canal was built is that the entrance there I can see that's a question. I can see from the look on your face that's a question I should not have answered. Asked. Um, okay, but I think, I think the entrance is there somewhere. But okay, yeah. So Skelmersdale, I'm, I'm just, yeah. Honestly, honestly, you know, um, can I tell you a secret, Cheryl? Most of the people listening to this wouldn't be able to point at Skelmersdale on a map, right? Some will. I hear you. Property horsing properties, you know, right? Most of our friends don't. So I'm seeing on the map that sort of peninsula where Liverpool and you cross the Mersey to get over to CH43 and all that. <laughs> and then as you come sort of east, this Gelmersdale, towards the coast, is it? No, so it's, it's kind of, so it's, I, the only way I can explain it to people who don't know where it is, it's, it's, it's in between uh, Liverpool and Manchester. Okay, so cool. it's just in, it, in the midst, it, I'm not great at explaining exactly. <laughs> no, that's cool. And is it, um, it, and you focus specifically there, right? Is so yeah, it, kind of those and just like surrounding areas, 
North Liverpool, so kind of parts of Liverpool um, up to the city centre and like kind of, kind of parts of um, parts of Wigan as well. So a kind of within a within a um, certain distance of Skelmersdale we operate in. But Skelmersdale is my hometown where I've lived forever um, and I know every every street, every road. Oh, little try that again. Skelmersdale um, was actually. So there's always been the old town part of Scalmersdale, but the new town part of Scalmersdale was actually purposely built for the overspill of the overpopulation and the overspill of North Liverpool. So it was built purposely right. for that, which is why a lot of people in here have got sound like we've got Scouse, the Scouse accents. Um, I hadn't noticed it. Yeah. <laughs> so my my mum was from Liverpool and she moved to Scalmersdale as during that kind of scheme type thing that's happened. Um, but it's made another interesting fact. It's made um, as it because it was purpose built. They built it all with roundabouts. So there's there's only very recently been one traffic light that's ever been put in. It's a, pedest a pedestrian traffic light, but you won't find traffic lights in Skelmersdale at all. It's all built on roundabouts, so people can come in and get lost and just travel around the same roundabouts every time. No, and get completely lost. I think that is interesting. Somebody went, it's very similar to Milton Keynes, I suspect, in that. And somebody once sent me a calendar with the 12 best roundabouts in Milton Keynes. One for oh. month. Yeah, so we could do a Skelmersdale one, right? We could. <laughs> so 10% gross yield, you talk, I, I'm presuming yes. we're talking single let by to lets. Is that your thing? Yes, so I specialise in single lets. Um, HMOs do can't, they do, so. There's a, a university that's not far from Scams that's based in Ormsgate called Edge Hill University. Um, there was a time where you could buy a property in Scalmersdale and rent it out as HMO, as a student property. That is kind of all drying up at the moment because the university have started building more student accommodation, they're buying properties around the area. So the further out you come from, from Edge Hill University, the, the less that properties are being filled and landlords are starting to see it now um we've got one a landlord on at the moment who's got a student property and he's managed to fill it this year but he wasn't sure whether he would so he was contemplating uh, changing it over to a single let so it's kind of hmos are do work but single lets are my bread and butter they're kind of the ones that work in the area we've got like i say all the 25 properties that we've got through my brother and his business we've got all majority of them are single lets in this area um the one that we've just packed well the one that we've just bought sorry the the one that we um have packaged for someone over the over the period over the lockdown period that's 10 percent gross yield um so that that one was it was was quite a decent one and that's just and 10 percent gross yield what's the total investment i mean i'm not talking about finance but what you know the property price plus the bits and pieces stamp and stuff like that if, you know if someone wanted to work with you Cheryl what would you tell them is the amount of money they needed so this one was 65 um 65,000 okay. yeah so obviously with the stamp duty and everything we put up to about 70 um it doesn't really need much of it it doesn't really need anything to do it just needs a bit of a spruce up and a bit of paint maybe some new carpets kind of that's it um and I'll probably get a tenant in there for about 575 so yeah so maybe on a push five five eighty five ninety something like that but it's kind of like top ends of your 500s um 
and it's a very popular area as well. So it's very, it will rent out all day long. And there'll be a tenant in there probably within the first couple of weeks of me, of me, of, of us picking up the keys for it. Cause that's an end to end. When you say, so we've, we've packaged that for a landlord um, and we're providing the tenants moving that they're doing the refit. Well, the small refurb that needs doing. Yeah. Um, finding the tenant, moving them in and we're managing that one full time as well. And you've got contractors who are working with you through your letting agency. Is this yeah. because you need these people uh to run your landlord's portfolios and there's always bits and pieces or are these yeah a power team is is probably one of the most important things for me um we've obviously dealt with some people along the way who that haven't been ideal but yeah. i think everyone has haven't they but my power team at the moment i could pick up up the phone and ask them to be somewhere within a few hours and they would be um they're all just it took me oh god obviously i started doing this say about within 10 about 10 years ago it's took me probably about five years to get the the team that i've got now but i've been working with the team that i've got now for a while um and like i say that the brilliant i can ring them and they'll they'll go if i've got an emergency then i need them to come and have a look at they'll come and price jobs for me um when i need them to when we're even before we even you know completed on a property they'll come out and they'll have a look and they'll let me know what the budget if, if i tell them the budget whether they can complete it within that budget and so yeah building a power team is is probably one of the most important things that that i've learned along the way that is something that you really need to get sorted yeah and it's never really sorted Cheryl, with it because what, <laughs> what i find is because i went through the same pain that you went yeah through, and i got to a point where i had three Builders that I knew, liked, and trusted, that they knew how we worked, that they, you know, they're good quality people working for yeah. them. But it ever changes because of those three. Um, one got divorced, that was the end of that, right? Yeah. Um, I d d you know, <laughs> the other one, um, his team imploded because they're all family and friends, went to school together, stuff like that. And one of the boys finished up living with one of the other boys' wives, and then he couldn't work with him, and she said that he wasn't allowed to work. And that just disintegrated. I mean, great builder, right? But he can't do it on his own. And the third one decided he didn't want to do our stuff anymore because he, he, was, he was doing bigger stuff, right? Yeah. So um, I thought I was fixed. I thought I was sorted. And then within three months, they'd all gone, right, for various different reasons life so that sort of thing is hard uh, to put together i actually actually i think putting a team of builders together is probably the most difficult thing about packaging deals yeah. that i've come across so we spend a lot of time talking about all oh, investors you need investors and all oh, what's your gold mine area and what do you where is it in your area right um we all spend more time talking about contractors because contractors can just kibosh everything all the good work that you've done yeah and then your investor comes to see the finished property right and if they know what they're doing i tended to work with people who were property investors right yeah they didn't like the finish they didn't like that didn't like that why is that skirting like that and that like that have they done this where is that you know all that stuff you know yeah. Um, so builders are really, really important. And the other thing that you said was very interesting. I'd like to just loop back to your HMO. 
situation um, in, in Skelmersdale. Um, I'm, I, I just want to support what you said because I echo it completely because I live in Brighton, I'm in Brighton today. And the universities here, I think it's Brighton University, used to be the Polytechnic. The Sussex University is slightly different, but they're in Brighton as well. They have put in place a huge amount of purpose-built student build. There's mm. 300 rooms as I speak, very near completion in what used to be the old co-op building in town and one or two others in the secondary uh, shopping area. So 300 rooms, five-bed HMOs at 60, probably a little bit smelly and run down five-bed HMOs that are now empty or struggling, right? Uh, Brighton is seriously Article 4, wherever you go. So it may well be that because people can't build any new ones, those HMOs might have a market somewhere. But there's going to be a significant investment in those buildings to, to bring them up to, to quality. I think, Cheryl, what's my point? My point is I think this is happening all around the United Kingdom, right? It's not just you and me. Uh, we're seeing this everywhere. And I think the HMO business has to change. Um, what I find in Peterborough, because I source HMOs, is that if you've got the best quality HMO in the area, you will get the, the rentals. You'll get yeah. people coming over. We, we don't have many voids, but we haven't got a university in Peterborough, although there's one promised. Right? So we haven't gone through that, that sort of sea change. But yes, yeah, sourcing, for anyone out there sourcing HMOs, Find out what your local university is doing because it, it could hurt you. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so um, this is great. I mean, if I was an investor, I would definitely want to talk to you um, and uh, find out what you're doing. Um, so going forward, where's, where's Cheryl going to be in five years, ten years? What's the, what's the plan, Cheryl? Go on, tell us all about it. Um, so we've literally just this week took on our first member of staff which is Whee. a big thing for us, yeah. So um, we've done that purposely so that I can push forward with the business. So we kind of got to a point in the business where um, we needed to take on this member of staff because we were kind of just kind of stuck, if you like. So we couldn't push forward because we've got 60 properties that we need to manage. Um, so we've took on a portfolio manager who starts next week. So the the plan for the next couple of years is to grow the letting side substantially. Um, but that but kind of doing that through the investment side as well. So they kind of complement each other as as businesses. Um, obviously, because we can offer the end-to-end -end service. So that's where I see myself kind of pushing forward with with the lettings business and the investments business but we do also do some developments as well you know just to add a bit more to the mix so we've got some some um refair properties going on at the moment up in the lake district so that's that's something that's ongoing as well so just kind of a bit of everything really. well you can't just i mean you know you waited 35 <laughs> minutes to toss in you're doing a bit of development right i mean yeah. you can't toss that in and, and walk away i mean <laughs> How, how did that happen? Why the Lake District? What sort of scale developments you do? Who's doing the actual building while you're sitting there talking to me? Who's looking after it? <laughs> so uh, going back to contractors. So one of the main contractors that we use is actually uh, my other brother. <laughs> so we've <laughs> all kind of in-house. Um, yeah, so yeah. 
he works for a company basically that operate mainly up in the Lake District. So they know that area really, really well. Um, some opportunities came up up there. So a refurb of a, of a really rundown, old, disgusting farm house um, that we've refurbed. And we're just in the process of um, converting a derelict barn into a residential, four bedroom residential property. So that's all ongoing at the moment. So that's fun and stressful, but, um, so yeah, so that's kind of ongoing as well, but the, it all kind of come about from my other brother and his, his, um, the business that he works for because they kind of operate up in that area anyway. So they know that very well. Cool. So if, if anyone is listening to this and would like to know more, would might want to work with you, uh, Cheryl, what's the best way for them to contact you, reach out to you? How, how does it work? Um, so they can contact all our details are all on Facebook. So if you go on to it, it's CDK Lettings. Um, got say it slowly because that, that Liverpool twang did come across <laughs> then. Got CDK Lettings. CDK. Okay, yeah. so it's all under that um or cdk investment so they're both separate pages but the details are all the same on there um or just um friend request me cheryl kane and i'll um and contact me through that way and i can uh, speak to them through facebook all the, there's all like there's phone numbers and everything on there as well if you wanted to call me um so yeah just mainly through facebook okay Cheryl, it's, it's been a delight. It's been so, you know, we've just sort of been shooting the breeze on this. It's really yeah. good. Thank, thank you so much. Um, can I say that from the very first time we sat down together, and I think I actually told you that day, and you probably thought, oh, he says this to all the girls, right? But actually, <laughs> I don't, right? Um, I really, really wanted to work with you because I knew that maybe I could add a bit of value, but I knew that you were going to fly. I knew you were going to fly. And I'm really pleased for you. And you just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Thank you. Cool. No, <laughs> thank you for joining us. So property sourcing profiteers out there. Anyone wants to work in the Liverpool, Skelmersdale, Wigan area, Lake District, who knows? The world is a roster, right? Make sure you reach out to Cheryl Kane, Cheryl with a C. I only stress that because I've got a Cheryl with a how with a, with an S at home. Okay, so it's not with an S with a C, Cheryl Payne, um, and, um, you know, see if you've got any common ground. Okay, Property Sourcing Profiteers, we will be back next episode, next week, with who knows what, I don't know at this point, but I do know it's going to go really, really great. I look forward to seeing you all then. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.